0: Chapter 19, verses 1 through 18. First Kings 19, 1 through 18. It's a rather long, long portion, but if you listen carefully, you will get the message without much explanation there. Thank you, Choir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay, under, lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time, He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and a powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper when Elijah heard it. He pulled his clock over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, go back the very way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat from Abel-Meholah, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death anyone who escapes the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death anyone who escapes the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve seven thousand Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and all those mouths, all whose mouths have not kissed him. Shall we pray? Our heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your presence this morning among us. Your people are here to lift up your name. You are a holy God. You alone are worthy to be worshipped. We lift up your name. We are here to seek your face, Lord. Talk to our hearts. Help us to lift our Jesus, our Christ, the one, our Savior. The one who gave his life for us, Lord. We lift up the cross. Talk to our hearts this morning. None but Jesus will be lifted this evening, this morning, Lord. Bless your people. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Please be seated. 1992 Barcelona Barcelona Olympics, 400-meter race. Derek Dergman was the obvious choice to win that race. But 16 minutes into the race, he fell down because he snapped his hamstrings. In severe pain, he was writhing in pain on the track. And as the world was watching, as all the spectators were watching, he crawled on his lane as everybody else passed him. Rudman could not dream of the Olympic gold medal anymore. He was so much in pain. So what he did was, he pulled himself up in pain and started hopping like that on the lane. In excruciating pain, he started hopping on the lane using his other limb. Then all of a sudden, as the whole world was watching, Somebody from the galleries ran towards him, towards the hurting Redmond, put his hand around his shoulders, pulled him up, and started walking with the hopping Redmond. The authorities came, the umpires came, and said, You can't do this. But those two people kept on walking to the finish lane until he came to the finish line. And that was none other than Redmond's father. When life tells you to quit, you have a father. Who tells you. Do not quit. Today's message I have titled. When you feel like quitting. After a great victory. On top of. Mount Carmel. As described in. The previous chapter. of First Kings chapter 18. Over the prophets of Baal. 450 of the Baal prophets and 400 of the Asherah prophets. You know, the whole nation of Israel is filled with idols and idol worship, pagan worship. But on Mount Carmel, it was a pure showdown of God's power, God's majesty and God's glory. Elijah was truly moved by what happened on Mount Carmel when the Lord presented himself there and he was so confident that because of what happened that day, Ahab was absolutely and truly converted to faith in the Lord. He was so confident that there was a True conversion in the life of the king. So he came to the king and said, Rain is going to happen. Because the nation has changed their worship from idol worship to the worship of the true living God. That's what he thought. He told Ahab, run. Race back to your palace. And he ran also ahead of the chariot of Ahab. But the next thing that Elijah hears is something that really shook him up. Ahab goes and tells everything to his wife Isabel who Sends messengers threatening the life of Elijah. He and his servant flees to Beersheba. About 100 miles from where he was. Then he leaves his servant there in Beersheba. and goes another day's journey. Maybe 5 or 10 miles more. And there he decides to die. In fact, actually, we read through it, so the message was right there if you listened. He's pleading with God that he might die. Completely burned out, exhausted, ready to quit. Can people of God burn out after such a powerful showdown of faith and trust in God? Can prophets be scared? Can you and I be so burned out as to wanting to quit and die? Yes, people of God can be. You and I can be. Elijah was and he was just like us. Burnouts can happen in life. To anyone even to the best of us. can happen to us due to many factors. And they do happen quite une- unexpectedly. In personal life, it can happen. Extreme physical exhaustion can do that. Sometimes pain and sickness can do that. A conviction of failures in life can do that. That we didn't make our dreams and our goals in life. A conviction that others talk about you as a failure. Life could start feeling heavy. And that will make you want to quit. In family life it can happen. Then we realize that things are far from what you expected. That we have failed our family. When our children rebel. When your parents don't expect the way you expect them to treat you. When financial crisis happens, when relationships between spouses don't happen to be the same way as you expected. In Christian ministry, it can happen when you don't see the fruits of your labor as you had expected. In workplaces it can happen. Stress due to lack of work or even too much of work. Due to higher expectations from others. Due to negative criticisms from a tough boss or a nasty colleague. Due to lack of appreciation and support. Burnouts do happen. Sometimes it happens because we trust Too much ourselves. We give too much importance to ourselves and we depend only on ourselves for our success and that can lead to utter failure and a conviction that you must quit. And sometimes perfect storms can happen in life. Adversities from every end conceivable. A combination of everything that I mentioned about. Can happen at the same time. And it has happened to me personally. And I'm here as a witness of. God's sheer grace and mercy upon my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I don't claim to be an exception from you. Any of you. If it happened to me I'm sure. Some of you are going through this. Look at Prophet Elijah. He really wants to die. He would rather die than be killed by this evil woman. Enough is sin of law. That's what he says. Leave me alone. Let me die. He wants to be left alone. Physically lonely and at the same time he's experiencing the pain pain or rejection, and lack of appreciation, remorse, even anger towards God. A feeling that his integrity has been questioned. A total sense of failure. You and I can feel this way. Elijah felt it. Job, the great patriarch of Endurance and trust in God. He felt it. He experienced pain, despair, and hurt, isolation. In Job 3, he starts out cursing the day he was born and wishing he were never born. Even though he never blamed God, he's so depressed that he's wondering why he was born. Then in chapters. Uh, 7, verse 15 and 16, he says like this, I prefer strangling and death rather than this body of mine. I despise my life. My days have no meaning. You may not have said any of those exact words, but I'm sure some of you have whispered at least into your own hearts something's pretty close to those words. It's not worth continuing, Lord. A tomorrow morning is not worth waking up to. Situations in life can actually bring us to that point. Crisis. Fear. Shame. Sense of failure. Rejection. Feeling betraying and betrayed. hurt. And hurting. In our despair. We must know that we have a father. Who does not give up on us. Even when we have given up on ourselves. And even on him. He will not give up on you. He will run from the galleries. Towards you. See what happens here. The heavenly father comes down. To pick up his fallen prophet and supports him. Just like the father of Derek Radmond. Number one in verse nine and ten. God comforts Elijah with his presence. That's exactly what he wanted and that he, that he needed there. Elijah, what are you doing? What are you doing here? Ask yourself this morning. The Holy Spirit is asking your life this morning. Brothers and sisters, what are you doing in the place you are today? The same God who came down in power and glory few days before on Mount Carmel, is showing himself to this prophet in the very bottom of the valley that he is in today. Elijah, the God of your mountain is the same God in your valley. Elijah was given the revelation that he just cannot run away from his God. Psalms 139, 7 through 12. You just can't run away from this God. He's coming down to where Elijah was. God is not angry at Elijah at all. He's asking him, what are you doing here, Elijah? You don't belong to this place. You and I feel a lot of times this way. We like to be left alone. We like to flee from reality. We like to run away from people, run away from family, from our church members, from our children, from our parents, from our responsibilities, and even from our God. You even conclude that quitting is better than finishing the course. People give up. People quit work. They quit families. They quit life. You know, 50,000 people in US commit suicide every year. And that is two two and a half times more than the number of homicides in the country. 1.2 million people attempt suicide every year. And this occurs in all age groups, all genders, all socioeconomic sectors, and in all religions. They find no way to cope with life. Quitting seems easier than dealing with the realities of life. And this is further fostered by a society that says life born or unborn doesn't matter. We live in a culture where life has no value. We must not forget that God is the giver of life. And he alone, he alone He alone has the right to take it from you. The Lord who gave you life is telling you that he is not done with you. He has greater plans for you Elijah. He has great plans for your tomorrow. He will not leave you as an unfinished business. We must be people who experience God's presence In our down times. In our valley points. In our dark days. God tells Elijah. Go out. And stand in the mountain. My presence shall pass before you. Back to the mountain again. From where you was. A powerful wind passes. That snips off pieces of the mountain. Followed by a powerful earthquake, shaking the very ground he was standing on. And a fire with immense heat and glow and and light. Elijah is looking for God. He didn't see God. He didn't hear God there. As he kept on listening. If God had asked him to listen, he kept on listening. And then he heard the still, small voice of God. A whisper. We are like Elijah. We like the wind. We like the earthquakes. We like the fire. And we have concluded that's how God acts. Because a few days ago, that's what happened on Mount Carmel. There was all those things there. But we have stereotyped the way God acts. We don't realize that we are dealing with a God, a sovereign God, who chooses his own ways of dealing with you. The way he dealt with my brother is not going to be the way he's going to be dealing with me. And the way he's going to be dealing with me won't be the way God is going to deal with you. Because you have a specific plan in him. You are chosen for one specific purpose by sovereign God. And Elijah kept listening. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, the still small voice. Brothers and sisters. Sometimes the voice, the message of God will come to you in the most feeble form. From the most unexpected source. Maybe like a message from me this morning. I don't know. I was actually preparing another message. Only three days ago, the Lord led me to this portion. Yes, our God can speak through thunders. He can speak through lightnings. And he can speak through burning bushes and fires and earthquakes. But God in his He speaks to us sometimes through the gentle, small voices. And the voice is almost always, what are you doing with what I have given you? Where are you in life? Where are you running to? God knows what you are going through. We have a God who does not give up on us. Yes, we run away from him. He knows that you want to quit. He knows you more than anyone else in this universe. But And he has a voice that will deal with your heart. Brothers and sisters, when you feel the life is difficult and that everything is crumbling around you, I plead with you to wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. He will come near you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He will never leave you alone. Wait in prayer. Take time to pray Because you talk to God and he will commune with you in prayer. Wait with his word because he will speak to you through his word. Hallelujah. Do it every day. Do it all the time. Even today. You are in his plans. Remember that. Remember that. Let the world tell you whatever. But remind yourself. You are a child of God. And you are in his plans. And he has a claim on you. He has a claim on your life. He has a claim on your future. And he has a claim on your tomorrow. Not only God blesses him with his presence. He's also giving, blessing Elijah with a rest. A man, a man fleeing for his life and contemplating death in desperation is resting now. Read verse 4 and 5. In verse 4, he's sitting under a juniper tree or a broom tree, whichever translation you are reading. He sits under the tree. Not only that, in verse five, the man who was running away in fear and wanting to die—you know what he's doing now in verse five—he's snoozing. He's sleeping. Not only is that means his rust is genuine. That's a miracle. Try to sleep. When you have some crisis in your life. A crisis that you don't know how to handle. When you realize that tomorrow is going to be a very critical thing, uh, day in your life. A lot of uncertainties that's going to buffet you tomorrow. Try to sleep the night before. Unless God gives you peace and sleep, my dear brothers and sisters, you just can't sleep then. God is a God who gives his servants sleep. Psalm 127 verse 2 says, For God grants sleep to those he loves. Remember Peter sleeping in the prison cell, arms in chains, feet in shackles, guarded by soldiers, awaiting execution the very next day. Acts 12 verse 6. He's sleeping. Only God can give that kind of sleep. Divine intervention sometimes takes the form of sleep and rest in our life. When life is in turmoil, God gives us rest, peace, and sleep. When the storms of life toss us around, And our life seems to crash into deep waters. Remember the Lord Jesus who was sleeping at the helm of the boat that was being tossed around by the waves. A perfect picture of peace. That is the peace that the Lord promised his children. My peace I leave you. Leave with you. Not like the world gives you. That is what Apostle Paul experienced when he broke bread and asked his fellow passengers to do the same in a storm-torn ship about to be shattered to pieces and be capsized. When the God of peace gives the peace of God to the one that has made peace with him, that peace has the power to transcend our circumstances. No storm in life can take that away. No threat can kill it. Let me quote David Jeremiah here. A man of God, in the will of God, is immortal until his work is done. End of quote, David Jeremiah. God God comes down in in, in his presence to Elijah. God is also blessing him with his peace and interest. And thirdly, God sends Elijah provisions through his angels. Verse 6, fresh baked bread and cold, refreshing water. This is not just any provision. If you read further, you know that. It is not... Just any provision. It is the right kind of provision that will allow him to run for 40 days and 40 nights. It is not just your ordinary hamburger. It is divine food made for you for that occasion. The Lord strengthens his people. He strengthens them according to his own resources and according to our need. We find his strength in his word and in his spirit. His word and his spirit not only strengthen us in our weakness, but will fill us with courage for tomorrow and will give us new direction in life. And I have experienced this so many times in my life. When everything seems to have gone astray. when there's no clear direction in life. When everything seems to be pitch dark around you. I have seen his presence come to my life. In fact, every day, right at this moment, as I'm speaking. When life seems to be in a whirlwind, the Lord gives enough strength to take you to the next level—the level at which He can communicate to you about things that you have never, ever dreamed of, about doors of opportunities for you, about new levels of influences in your life, about your own future assignments. When you feel like quitting, the God who calls you comes to you, strengthens you and gives you greater vision about his plans for you. He announces in no uncertain terms that he has not done with you yet. He tells you, go back the way you came. and go, That's a different message. I don't want to dwell too much on there. Go back the way you came. And go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there. Anoint Hazael. King over Aram. Also anoint Jehu. Son of Nimshi. King over Israel. And anoint Elisha. Son of Shaphat. From Abel Meholah. To succeed you as prophet. God. Blesses Elijah. With fellowship. God comes down and blesses Elijah with fellowship. After filling him with strength to run and assigning him to anoint two kings, Hazael and Jehu, he is telling him to choose for himself a companion, a disciple in Elisha, verse 16. And the purpose of God was reiterated back into Elijah's heart. Verse 16 and 16, 17, and 18. God tells him to destroy the idol worship in Israel, verse 17. The one who escapes the sword of Hazael, Jehu shall put to death. And the one who escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will put to death. Elijah had one sole purpose, and that was to eradicate idol worship from Israel. And what he has not finished The Lord is opening his eyes to see what he is planning on doing through him. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all all whose knees that have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. Elijah soon realizes that he is in the fellowship of 7,000 people. 7,000 people like him. He is soon blessed with fellowship of 7,000 other believers. Not only that, he is blessed with the fellowship of another prophet that God has chosen to minister to him. Elisha. Elijah was assigned to mentor Elisha and prepare him to succeed him. When you and I want to give up, Do not ignore the importance of fellowship. One of the primary missions of the Church of Jesus Christ is to strengthen one another. We have the role to revive those who are down, depressed, and ready to quit. I have no time to go into the details, but... All those categories are among us. The depressed. The lonely. The wounded. The threatened. The shaken. And the ones who are ready to quit. In Acts chapter 14 verses 19 through 20. I don't want to go into there and read it. We see the man of God Paul. Being persecuted. Stoned almost to death. And they dragged him. This happened in Lystra. They dragged him out of the city. And threw him out there as if he was dead. They thought he was dead. And you know what happened? The church, the believers came. They stood around him and they formed a circle around him. And prayed. And the next thing you read about Paul is that he is back in ministry. if it was not for the believing people of Lystra, Apostle Paul would have been ending there. Yes, my dear brothers and sisters, we have a God who has put people around us, the church of Jesus Christ, believers around us, to lift us up, to support us, to pray for us, and to give us a shoulder. Then we are down and depressed. That's one of the purposes of Christian fellowship. Christian church. And the one who was ready to breathe his last. Was revived by church. Apostle Paul. Hallelujah. The church is not. A display of this. People who have survived. Because. Of the survival of the fittest. But we are. The display of the revival. Of the weakest. We have been weak. We have been down. But we have been revived. By the power of the. Spirit of God. Yes. We have a God who comes down. When we are down. And I won't. I'll be finishing soon, but I cannot finish this un- until the story is yes, said in its entirety. Don't you want to know how Elijah ended? The man who wanted to die under a juniper tree, out in a desert, far from all the crowd and noises of people. The guy who ran away from God and ran away from people, ran away from responsibilities and ran away from vision. The one who wanted to take his life. Don't you want to know how he ended? Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 6 onwards. Then Elijah said to him, They are actually the conversation happens between Elijah and Elisha. Elijah is said to be the person who poured water to the hands of Elijah. Elijah mentored Elisha to succeed him. Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives. And as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? I want to take you to the banks of Jordan River now. And Elisha's answer is, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Elisha replied, you have asked a very difficult thing, Elijah said, Yet, if you see me, when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. As they were walking along the, and talking together, suddenly, suddenly, Elijah, Elijah never knew what was going to happen. He knew he was going to be ending that day. But he had absolutely no idea what kind of an end the Lord has prepared for him. Suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in the two. Your end is decided by the Lord who called you. Riding on heavenly chariots, accompanied by heavenly angels, unlike anyone in the history of mankind. No eye has ever seen. No ear has ever heard. What the Lord has prepared. For the ones that call upon him. You are one of a kind. You shall not end. Under a juniper tree. He has decreed how you shall end. You have not even dreamed of How God will end you. The one who started the good work in you. He will finish it. The way he started. You must anoint some Haziles. You must anoint some Jehus in life. Brothers and sisters. Then there are the Elishas. That follow us. Waiting for our mantles to fall upon them. A generation that's coming after us, upon whom our mantle must fall. Our children must inherit our mantles. Our next generation must inherit our mantles. The people who associate with us, we must transfer our mantles to them. The mantle of God's calling must. Fall upon them from us. A generation that must be filled with the double portion of the Spirit of God. Because of us, that's what you and I are called to be people of God. An Elisha generation, I call them. It's a generation that poured water upon our hands and in return. You transfer your mantle upon them, your faith, your Christian living, your prayer life, your loving the church, and you're loving the people of God. You're giving for the co- cause of God. Until you do know that, your work remains unfinished. Until that transfer happens, your work on earth is not done. You are not done until God says you are done. Is there anyone here today who is feeling like giving up on life? Giving up on family? Giving up on friends and fellowship? On relationships? On church? And even on God? Then this message is for you. God is not done with you. When you are down in the dumpster and are ready to give up, remember, there is a heavenly father who is coming over to you. He will bless you with his presence. He will bless you with his peace and his rest. He will bless you with his provisions. He will give you a new purpose in life. He will bless you with fellowship of his saints. And he will remind you that you must pass your mantle to the next generation. Because only the Lord who called you knows how you shall end. Shall we pray? Hallelujah, our Heavenly Father. Bless your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I have delivered to you as people what you asked me to deliver. You are a God who never gives upon us. Even when we are at a point where, where we want to give up, where we want to quit, because we don't know what you have in store for us, Lord. Help us to trust you. Because you are a God who comes down in our valley in our dark days. You revive us. He gives us your provisions. He gives us your voice to revive us. Gives us new directions in life. And reminds us of what we are called for. Help us to live your dream, Lord. Help us to live your vision in our life, Lord. Help us to fulfill your plan and purpose for us in our lifetime, Lord. Thank you. We bless your people in the name of Jesus, we pray.